Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours with JT. It's the conversation after the broadcast ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Everybody, welcome to After Hours on uh, Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we've got my buddy Ryan Ballingy from Golf News Net. Um, I was going to say Ryan has a sordid past, but what I was really meant to say was he's got an assorted past as far as where he's worked and how he created uh golf news net which was really a you know his brainchild and baby and it's worked out well for him and uh but you had experience working for um television stations and writing and all of that stuff um i don't know as i've ever talked about that on on one of the shows here with you we want to give us a background real quick yeah sure i mean i i kind of got into sports talk i suppose uh when i was in college and i originally went to the university of Maryland to be a, a journalism major. I wanted to be a sports reporter. And, sure. Uh, they basically told me I was going to make dirt coming out of college. The first day, <laughs> and I thought, yeah, well, that's a waste of a college degree. So I'm not going to do this. And in, in the meantime, I, I wound up starting a, a precursor to golf podcasting, uh, streaming radio. If you remember the real player back right. in the day, is it like 2002? And, I did a, a golf show called the 19th hole golf show. And that's been the name of my podcast forever. And, um, I did kind of this type of conversational stuff and would call on guests and people for some reason said yes, even though it was just an internet show with no verifiable large audience. Sure. And people would come and talk and it was, it was so fun. And i I wanted to get into writing more than speaking. And so I started writing for local publications here and there. Uh, the precursor, to, again, to sports blogs, kind of fan sites that were meant to be public, digital publications and did that for a while. And then eventually started kind of piling up experience and would go to tournaments and started my own site and, and ultimately ran Waggle Room, which was a SB Nation's golf blog for a couple of years. And then NBC one day reached out in 2010 and said, hey, we'd love for you to write, us, write for us about the Ryder Cup that year. And would you be interested? And they said, uh, you know, treated as a tryout to be able to write for us full time. And the, the week went great. It was the Ryder Cup that went four days, just nailed it. And they asked me if I would be interested in becoming their full-time golf blogger for the golf blog they were starting. And that, that's what got me from guy who wrote about golf for fun to guy who talks about golf for a living. And uh, over the, Jesus, now the 12th year of doing this, um, <laughs> I mean, I've written for NBC and then they merged with Golf Channel. So I wrote for Golf Channel. Uh, that didn't really work out in the way that NBC thought it was going to work out and left there and went on a little journey, wound up at Yahoo for a few years and realized eventually along the way that 
the only way I was going to be able to assure myself of a job in this industry was to do it myself. Right. And that's where the impetus for Golf News Net came. Yahoo is tremendous. Uh, over the year, the three years that I worked for them, they were accommodating and said, you know, so long as your work with GNN doesn't get in the way of what you're doing with us and it doesn't overlap, really, we support it. And they did. Uh, and fortunately, that that wager has worked out in the long haul. I mean, it took a while to get here, but uh, there's been nothing more satisfying professionally than than what's been accomplished in the last four or five years with Golf News Net. Yeah, you know, you're to be commended for that because um, you've got that kind of independent streak. Um, I've we've lived different lives, of course, and all of that. But I found with my dipping my foot into the corporate media world a few times that I was better served like you to do it myself and I could build my audience. Um, there was some shows I did that didn't last very long because we really couldn't get them kicked in the butt, you know, and um, quality was good, but the listenership wasn't there. So, you know, and part of that is a, a trial and error learning exercise to, to learn your audience and stuff uh, also. But there's been times I've done very well and times that I've, you know, scrambled but I don't think I would change a thing in what I've done because um, I, I didn't have to live in fear of some, you know, nameless, faceless VP that lived seven states away and worked on the 14th floor of a building telling me that, you know, my services were no longer required. So <laughs> I just... It's, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's kind of my viewpoint about it was uh, being let go, for, you know, being on the, the wrong end of a merger between NBC, Universal, and Comcast. Um, you know, I went from kind of sitting in the catbird seat with, with NBC, potentially. I mean, they had big plans, and then all of a sudden, those plans changed dramatically. Yeah. And then the same thing with, I, mean, I worked for Back Nine Network for about a year, same deal. They had great plans and they were raising a ton of money and then they blew it all. Um, and then they couldn't determine a, a strategy that would sing to what they needed to accomplish. Right. And that was where we butted heads. Yahoo. They got acquired by Verizon and, and America Online all combined together. And I woke up one morning, got a phone call and said, hey, our budgets were slashed. We can't pay you anymore. People, other people's decisions, other people's actions affected me in a way that I, I had no power to affect or stop. Sure. And for for someone like me who is a, not a loner, but I guess you yeah, have the independent streaks, the right word or phrase, that tremendously bothered me that I wasn't in control of my own destiny. Right. And you may, I, I firmly, and not everyone wants to do this. Not everyone wants to bet on themselves. I, and I completely understand that, but I'm an idiot and I'm willing to bet on myself. And, and so, <laughs> you know, if it, fortunately it paid out, it, it took a while to pay out, but it, it take, it took a tremendous amount of work. It still takes a tremendous amount of work. It's going to take a tremendous amount of work until I feel like it's done. And when, and I don't know what day that is. I don't know when that's going to be, but until that day, I, I am as obsessive about trying to make sure this is successful at its, you know, its goals, not only financial, but otherwise. Um, and I'm going to be obsessive about it until someone can tell me I can stop. Sure. 
Absolutely. No, and I think there's a lot of merit to that. Um, because the first day after I graduated from college, I went to work for myself. Um, now there was some family involved and things in that, and we don't need to relive all that, but the three different times in my career that I actually worked for a company or for somebody else, <clears throat> um, none of them worked out in the long run. They, you know, a couple of them were fairly short, six months to a year and a half. The other ones were a little longer, uh, you know, th three years, four years type thing. Um, but they never worked out because the 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 politics of corporate America was so fluid and what they were doing with just like you with mergers, acquisitions, budget cuts, whatever, that always seemed to come in and bite me. And so finally I said, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. I just I, I, I don't want to play in that sandbox. I like my own sandbox because I get to choose my own kitty litter. You know what I mean? So I just yeah. don't don't like that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you can climb you can climb a corporate ladder, but they can push you over at any minute. Or you can try to find a way to climb up this rickety ladder over to the right that is unsafe. But if you get up it, man, the view's amazing. Yes. Um, and that's the, I, I think that's the choice people. Not, and not everyone has that choice. Right. That, that should also be stated. Not everyone has that opportunity. I'm very fortunate that my wife has a good job. And while I was making this work, I can contribute while she could kind of lead the charge. Right. And now it's a little bit more closer to the other way. So you, you, you got to have that support system. You need to be able to have either financial backing or emotional backing or all of that to, to make that possible. Other, otherwise, you either have to start it right out of school, like you're talking about, you know, when you kind of make that choice about yourself really early on, or you need to kind of corral a lot of resources over a pretty good amount of time just to get it off the ground. Right. And it's a hard choice to make, especially when you start to get a sense later in your life or, you know, even in your thirties or whatever, that there's stability. And that for the first time you feel like you, you don't have to worry about month to month and uh, you don't have to worry about making certain payments, but for me, it was it was never about that. It was okay. I I can scale back everything I I don't need to do in favor of this one goal. If mm -hmm. I can make sure my kids can go to daycare, if I can make sure we have our house paid and we pay all the electric and all the other bills. Right, right. I'm I'm virtually in a parallel uh, canoe as you there because my wife um, worked in corporate America. Um, then she when our daughter came along, she took a couple of years off, um, ran her own business and that. And then after the baby was born, she said, you know, I need to go back to um, something that's a little more steady for us. And I was traveling a lot at that time. Anyway, nobody wants to hear my life story. But the point is, is that she went and she went into the educational system. They hired her on the spot. And that's been a real boon for us over the last, you know, 22 years or whatever, because um, that's allowed me and she's graciously allowed me because she believes in me to do the things that I do. And um, I'm very thankful for that. I, I, I'm 
you know, what would they say? I married well above my pay grade there, but uh, yeah, it, it's a good thing. And if you've got a good relationship with your wife or husband, whoever's listening or your partner, um, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be able to do these things like that. So a couple of yeah. quick questions here, Ryan, before we let you off the hook this week. Um, what's the biggest thing you think you've learned by when running and being the head chief cook and bottle washer washer at uh, Golf News Net? What's the what do you think is the number one um, thing of importance that you've learned? That's a really good question. Uh, today, I guess the answer is that you don't know what you can really accomplish until you have to accomplish it. I don't know if that makes sense. Sure. I think a lot of people have doubts in themselves about what they can do and how much they can do and how much they can push themselves to achieve their goals until they're in a situation where you, you either do it or you fail. And they're just like moms have superhuman strength. Uh-huh. I think people, I think all people have that when they have something they really want to accomplish, when they really set their mind to it. And that something that looks daunting suddenly doesn't look as daunting when you're chipping away at it brick by brick by brick. I mean, the, the opportunities I had to tell people about the last decade or the last five years running GNN, whatever you want to frame it as, I, it's an opportunity to look back at how much has actually been accomplished and how little I, I noticed that day to day. And then you can step back and go, wow, a lot's been done. A lot has been accomplished. And um, that, that is also a really important thing, I think, too, is you need to be able to, to step back and appreciate what you've done. It, it's it, in this line of work or any line of work that it's really easy in the day to day when you're chasing stuff and trying to do stuff that you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. But then you sit back and think, you got really far. Yeah. Uh, you, you went a long way and you should be able to appreciate that and be proud of that about yourself and celebrate the wins. Cause there are a lot of losses. Um, yeah, a lot of losses. And if you let those get you, if you let those drag you down uh, way more than they need to, instead of inspire you or just make you angry enough to motivate you, then you can really get discouraged. But if, if you celebrate the wins, you celebrate the good days, um, those are the days that keep you going. Those are the ones that make it all worthwhile. Oh, I agree because you're going to, no matter what you're doing, you're going to get some battle scars. It's just part of life. Um, and when you're doing what we do entrepreneurially, um, you're going to get a few more. But like you said, when you step back and you look at what you've created, what you've accomplished, the volume of work, um, that is a huge reward in itself, let alone the monetary issues or what have you, but just to be able to create what you're creating there and keep it alive and keep it going and build those relationships across the board at any level. I think that's a really huge accomplishment in itself. Sometimes I think people fail to see that because they're so focused on money or what have you. And yeah, we all have to be cognizant of that. Absolutely. But sometimes that gets so obsessive with people that they miss the opportunities to build something really good or add to it. That money will come. The financial end of it will come. 
if you've done a good job on the other side. And sometimes I think people get those lines crossed. Yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that in my, maybe this helps. I don't know if it does. Everyone's motivated differently. But for me, the, the biggest asset that I can have is time. Time to do what I want, time to spend with my family, time to be a dad to my kids, time mm-hmm. to be a husband to my wife, time to be a son to my parents. That, that's the most valuable thing that I've got. And so that's why I got into this was because if I could set up for myself to live the life that I wanted, then the financial stuff would come later. If I, if I did it successfully, it would come with it. And even if it didn't, even if I still just did well enough to pay the bills and have the time that I want, that was a win. So I, th- I think knowing what drives you, what, what really drives you, what really matters is the most fundamental part of, of creating a business or creating a venture or taking a risk is knowing what matters and what you're really trying to accomplish. Absolutely. So one last question, Brian, how's your golf game? <laughs> so I, play, I played <laughs> nine holes yesterday. It was the first time in two months I've been able to play. We had a really strange winter here so far. Normally we don't get a lot of snow cover. We've had a persistent couple of inches of snow cover and played just some mud pit golf yesterday, but so fun to be back out <laughs> and play actual golf. Um, so the state of my game, I don't really know. I think one or two over for nine holes, but I played golf was a win. So yeah, uh, I might, might get to play again tomorrow. Uh, we'll see how long the, the sun keeps shining out here, but it's not bad. I got to a, I got to a plus for the first time in about a decade this past year. Oh, and good. my goal for this year is to, uh, is to hold on to that. Good for you. Brian Balaji, um, the head uh, creator and uh, contributor to Golf News Net. I want to thank you, my friend, for taking the time for our listeners here today. And um, I always enjoy talking to, to you, Ryan. Thank you for having me. This was a really fun conversation about way more than just golf. And uh, I love those kinds of talks. So thanks, Jeff. You bet. Uh, We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours. Until then, um, try to go out and get in a few holes if you can. I know the weather's starting to break in certain parts of the country, but you can do like Ryan. And even if it's mud golf, you can make it happen. We'll see you next week.